welcome to Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest today is Chuck Pettit from Republic. Welcome, Chuck. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast today. Look forward to it. My pleasure. So I should say Republic is a client of Cruise Consulting. So we've seen the company grow over a couple years now. It's super exciting. There's tons of momentum. And I was talking to Chuck recently and practically begged him to come on the podcast. And he's a very generous man, so he said yes. So it's great to have you here. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a beg. I, I wanted to be on your show, too. I'd like to uh, get the word out there about <laughs> Republic, so thank you again. Uh, yeah, so tell me you know, how you got involved with Republic and how you guys came up with the idea. So the story for me is uh, I knew Ken Nguyen and Paul Menchoff. Ken was the general counsel at AngelList. Paul was a, their CTO. And they were formulating the plan to launch Republic. They were going to spin out of, out of AngelList and launch this Title III equity crowdfunding portal. Um, I stayed in close contact with them during that time period. And then um, my focus at the time was to actually make an investment in the company, to be an investor. Uh, it took a lot of... I didn't know that. And, so it was like so convincing. You, <laughs> you voted with your, uh, was, uh, your work it was, time, it too. It was immediately. So I... I begged for a long time, and it took uh, a few nights out and a, a lot of drinks to get Ken to say okay. <laughs> and so I did that. It was a very small, but I'm you know extremely grateful that I got a small investment. And came on actually as an advisor to build out the deal team. Uh, that was a couple months after launch. And a little more color on launch. So we officially spun out of AngelList in May of 2016, the same time Title III law went effective. Uh, that's when we got our license from FINRA and then officially launched the company in July of 2016. Uh, so we're you know, barely a year and a half old or not even. So just after that, late September of 16, I came on to build out the deal team and you know, I knew I was going to love it. Um, everything worked out you know, really well. So I stayed on. So right now I, I, I lead the deal team. I, you know, I do a lot of other things for, you know, for the company. Um, we, we are you know, an early stage startup. We're a year and a half deep and you know, a 10 person team so everyone's got to throw their hands and roll up their sleeves, you know, throw their hands in, roll up their sleeves, and I'm totally into that. I'm loving it. So it's been a, a yeah. really good time. That's actually one of my favorite parts of being a startup too, is like wearing all different hats, doing things that you never thought you would have ever done, and learning that way too. And there's also like everyone around the table knows everyone else is doing things that maybe make them slightly uncomfortable or not the greatest at, but everyone has that air of appreciation. It's a really good vibe. Oh, it's a it's a great vibe, and and, and you know, I'm not sure if your listeners know, but you know, Title Three, like I said, it started in May of 2016. That license allows us to raise capital from anyone in the world, 18 or older, whether they're accredited or, or unaccredited. So it's for, you know, the masses to make investments in private companies. So what we've faced over the last, you know, year plus is basically bringing people up the learning curve. You know, that includes, you know, founders, uh, their investors, the venture capitalists and angels, um, their, even their team members, especially their attorneys, uh, so we've been on a bit of a, like you know an education tour for the last year plus and thrown a lot of mud at the wall and we're doing it in the right way and things are fun, you know starting to stick. Uh, we have a significant amount of traction right now. Um, just to give you an idea like we've had 20 companies and actually I guess now 21 as of yesterday, the 22nd and possibly the 23rd will go today in the history of the company. But I have between Companies that are onboarding and companies that are about to launch, close to 50. Um, oh my God, are you kidding yeah. me? That's amazing. Well, you told me a while back, maybe explain what being part or the kind of managing the deal team means. Because I used to work in venture capital. I understand kind of 
deal flow, but maybe talk about what that means for everybody else. It, there's a lot to it, but you know, in short, I'm typically the first and the last person to talk to founders before you know, we agree to move forward with them. We're a highly curated platform. It's not a, you know, an open the floodgates situation where you know, we let everyone and anyone who wants to campaign campaign. Um, in the last year plus, I've re, you know, unfortunately had to reject over a thousand plus companies um, because they weren't a fit and they probably weren't going to be you know, viable investment opportunities for our investor base. So um, that is you know, one of the main things I do. And then you know, on top of that, a lot of it's just, it's client service. We're, we're a service industry and we're making sure that you know, companies get through things with you know, proper attention to regulatory matters and compliance matters. We always make sure people put their best foot forward you know, after the regulatory and compliance is done because we want investors and new angel investors who are visiting that deal page for the first time to be able to you know, easily consume and make an informed decision. We want them to do due diligence and we want them to you know, become an investor, a client, or an evangelist. Uh, and also, you know, one of the ways to do that is to, I mean, really, it's one of our main focuses, too, is our product. And that's probably what you find, like, our, our, our biggest strength is we try to make everything before and after a campaign as easy as possible for founders to, um, to process and execute on because the real bread and butter is the campaign. And that's where they get hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of eyes upon what they're doing. And if they don't have their best foot forward, if someone hasn't told them, you know, how to do it based off of experience, they'll lose a lot of opportunity. And we don't want that to happen. Yeah. I, you, there's so many good things in what you said. One of my favorite is this is a way for people who are evangelists or who really believe in the product to participate in the growth of the company, the upside of the company, and just get further entrenched. I, I love that. It's, it's actually like what the Internet is for. Like this, it just seems like Republic is such a natural, like if someone was creating the internet 30 years ago or 40 years ago, this is something that probably everyone was thinking of even back then. Like how can we reach a lot of people who ha are interested in this specific thing and help them get behind this idea, this, this moment and, and participate, you know, it, it's, it's cause so, I'm sure you've read this and, and you've probably been involved in some of this stuff. There's things that have gone off on Kickstarter or Indiegogo that, have you know raised a lot of money and the people who participated there didn't get any of the equity and then then the next thing you know Facebook's buying Oculus for two billion dollars and all the Kickstarter people are like oh great I I didn't even really get a working device not not so great for me yeah, yeah precisely um, so someone who would have you know purchased an Oculus Rift on Kickstarter I think it was four hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars had that have been you know an equity stake instead um, it would have been a totally different outcome I think in the several hundred thousand dollars of return on that just five hundred dollar purchase they made we do incentivize and we you know encourage our issuers to incentivize their investors by you know not only giving away a stake in the company but sometimes a product as well so you know in the case of that um, that company they could have given away say an oculus rift plus plus an equity stake in the company um, yeah. Obviously, they make the math work and whatnot for them to be able to do the fulfillment and stuff, but that's definitely potential on, on our platform, and people have actually uh, you know, benefited from that in a big way. Have you noticed certain kind of companies do better, or, or what have you seen? Because you've done 20 deals now, and, and obviously you've got 50 in the pipeline, which, by the way, congratulations. That, that, is, 
That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's like, incredible. Yeah. Um, and I'll touch on that yeah, number a little bit more works? too. I mean, what I see works, honestly, I've been an angel investor myself for a, a long time. And one of the things I always really just, you know, would ultimately settle on is the individual that I'm investing in. Um, it wasn't so much about the, the product or whatever they were building. It would really come down to the individual. Can that individual execute? And from um, Republic standpoint, these things they need to do to be you know, regulatorily compliant and build their deal page and actually run a campaign strategy, you know, it, it makes them execute on a lot of things. So the ones that you know work really well are the individuals who can, you know, they're just proving that they're they're good at executing when they run through our, our onboarding process in a matter of like you know, 10 or 12 days or they have a very systematic approach to it. People who can you know, handle it uh, smoothly because they're organized. There's a bunch of different ways they can do it in a really good way, but those are the individuals who end up having the best campaigns. We set up each issuer with specific campaign strategies. Um, a lot of it's based off of our basically our hard work and going out and finding the right partners who can help those companies get additional exposure during their campaign. I mean, it could be something like we have multiple podcasts um, that want to have their uh, our Republic's issuers on. We have a WGN radio show that gets them a couple hundred thousand you know, exposures. We're a sister company of Product Hunt, so you know, we'll have these companies also uh, do a placement on Product Hunt during their campaign. That gets them about 500,000 exposures. Uh, we have live events across the country. We have um, our newsletter that goes to 40,000 people. We have even down to like the details of this is probably how you'd want to communicate to people who are in your direct network, like friends and family. And this is probably how the way, you know, the way that you'd want to communicate to people on the fringes, like in, on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, this is a great opportunity for them to cast an extremely wide net. And we want to make sure that they do it and they're also doing it right. Uh, and see, as, as I'm saying all these things, you're probably... Now that's a lot of work, but that's where these execute like people who can execute come into play, and then if they can execute on these things, they're doing great. I totally agree. I mean, we see that with cruise consulting, where when we onboard clients, it's exactly what you're talking about. We see people who get shit done, for lack of a better word, and can onboard in a week or two, and we see people who dilly dally around for two months, and it's very clear. I for you guys, like I didn't know that you guys were getting so much media exposure through so many different outlets that, that is really really smart have you found like media being super receptive to to your story and the story of your of your uh clients uh yeah we definitely have i mean it, at least once during a, an issuer's campaign they'll be picked up by um some sort of media outlet that's interested and curious about what they're doing and how it's actually impacting uh, that individual's community. One thing that we actually have coming up in the next two, you know, two three weeks is a television program with Sony Entertainment. It's called Meet the Drapers. Uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know who the Drapers are. It's one of the most prominent venture capital families out of California. You have Bill, who was one of the first VCs ever in the world. Um, you have his son Tim, who everyone knows, and then Tim's daughter Jesse. Uh, individuals that we've helped um, identify, founders and and, comp- and startup companies are going on to the program to pitch their company to the Drapers plus one guest investor. And then those individual companies are also running a Republic campaign. So when the show comes on the air November 19th um, on Sony Entertainment Television, which is like available through Comcast and uh, Dish Network, those viewers at home will not only be able to, you know, sit there and, and, and potentially be a client, but they'll also potentially be a, a, an investor. And like, they'll come to Republic and they'll be able to make an, a direct investment in those companies that are pitching the Drapers. So that will be probably our, our biggest media splash to date. 
before that, and I think you know a lot about it too, from day one, our mission was always about you know, diverse founders, tech-enabled companies, and companies with social you know, missions. Uh, we stuck to that. We're not just like talking the talk, we're actually walking the walk. Roughly 80% of the funds raised to date have gone to female-founded companies. I don't know the exact number, but certainly north of 50% have gone to minority-founded companies. The current pipeline indicates that those numbers won't change much at all, um, if anything. So we're continuing down that path of making, you know, just wise and you know impactful and the right thing. We're doing the right thing, which is great. Yeah. And part of the reason why I love being here. Feels so, so much, good, right? right? So it's like, you know, talk, yeah. there's a lot of people who are talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk, and we're actually doing that. So I, I get pretty excited about that. And I think it's going to be reflected through that television program. It's going to be reflected through, you know, 2018 for us, the rest of, you know, as we have new products and new initiatives and new partnerships coming out, they all reflect those values. And it's doing, uh, it's doing a really good job to the, you know, for the ecosystem. Yeah. I find, especially in venture capital or, you know, where you're working with startups like us or you guys doing the right thing and being an upstanding person and in, in company, like pays 1,000x dividends, you know, it's just the word of mouth and when you, you start getting critical mass and people are just more likely to talk about you and tell their friends and you guys are already kind of past that uh, real small stage. You guys are getting like pretty big and people know about you and you're getting all these media outlets, but... I, that's what's going to take you from these next 50 to the next 500. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to make, yeah, yeah go ahead. I mean, we, we're, we're 10 strong right now, employee headcount, but it feels like 100. We have a yeah. really strong team and we have, you know, two attorneys. We have, you know, multiple engineers, multiple designers, multiple business side people. So like, but then everyone has a little bit more to their repertoire than just that too. So it ends up, <laughs> we're really busting it here and it's a very, uh, it's great to see that too. You know, the, the teams and, in cruise control, you know, for lack of a better explanation you're, for it, but you're not obligated to say I, that. I, just, I actually took maybe it's just in my subconscious, <laughs> but I did I did decide to use that. But no, seriously, like it's been awesome to see, and there's been a lot of things going on. That, that television show is no easy, you know, task to complete. That's 13 filmed episodes, a lot of hours, a lot of talking with Sony, a lot of talking with the producers and the Drapers, and you know, while, at the same time, we have 10 other things going on. Um, we have a new product coming out in November, or multiple products that are ICO related uh, coming out in November. I would just, you know, stay tuned for those. I think it's going to have a pretty big splash in the in the world of ICOs. I know. Can you talk about what an ICO is just quickly? I know you don't want to, you can't, don't want to step on yourself for two weeks from now, but maybe just explain what an ICO is and why it's important. So today uh, an ICO is an initial coin offering and they're really just available to accredited investors only. Uh, and most of the time even to non-US based investors. It's a highly uh, hot and um, you know, controversial market. Uh, people are unsure if, it's, if it is regulated or if it's not regulated. There's a massive legal component to it and we are trying to uh, break those down to get back to what those coins and tokens are really all about which is leveling the playing field and making a democratized system. Right now, the way it's being treated, it is not. We hope to, in about two weeks, make that different. And, and, that, and that's beautiful. And to give people some context, like before Republic and before AngelList, you, the, basically the only way for startup people to raise money was to go parade down uh, Sand Hill Road or maybe some of the New York funds or Boston funds and get you know, predominantly old white males to like your company and write a very large check. And, and I worked at 
a fun like that. And we, by the way, I should point out, we had two female partners and we're one of the most diverse partnerships around, but even we had a lot of like the same kind of people, right? People who didn't always recognize the most innovative thing because they were hanging out with the same kind of people. And so AngelList was one of the first kind of icebreakers on that and democratized a lot of online funding for startups. And then Republic has taken that pattern and playbook and even probably some of the same technology and made it even bigger and did it for, you know, all the all the the groups that you guys are targeting that you mentioned earlier. Right. And I mean the simple fact that they focus on the accredited world and we, we focus on the non accredited world. Ours yeah. our, our market is quite large. I mean it's literally, you know, ninety eight percent of the you know, world population essentially. Um, which our reach is, you know, potential, but of course it will never be that big. But still, uh, we have a, a we also have a chance to cast an extremely wide net. It's not just the issuers, and that's you know something that we work on a lot of too. You guys are doing amazing work. There's one thing I want to circle back on that you talked about really quick when you first introduced was how you're kind of evaluating a lot of these companies before they get on the platform. I think that's really important to talk about in that this is not like throwing spaghetti against the wall and buyer beware. That's It's actually the exact opposite. There's real professional investors who know what they're doing, who are scanning. And you guys are going to be wrong once in a while. There's probably going to be times where you don't let a good company on, unfortunately. Um, and, and not all your companies are going to work out because that's not how, how life works. But you are like the first line of defense for me as a potential investor. Like I, I, can't, I can't stress how important that is enough. Like there's other people who would just rather take your money and let you throw money away on bad companies. And Republic doesn't let you do that. Exactly. So let me t- two things. And first, I just want to like kind of toss aside a myth that, that that's out there is that um, unaccredited investors aren't capable or sophisticated enough to make decisions in investing in private companies. Um, that's totally not true. Um, learn that very quickly here at Republic by interactions with those investors. They do the same due diligence as professional venture capital and angel investors. They ask the same questions. They take their time and their, uh, their the money they're making serious, the money they're investing seriously, uh, whether it's twenty-five dollars or twenty-five thousand or something in between. Uh, they really do have a lot in it, and it's not just because it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. So yeah, those, it's also like the Peter Lynch school of investing. Peter Lynch was a very famous yep. mutual fund manager in the '80s and '90s. And that guy, all, he basically said, invest in what you know yeah. and what you use every day. And the guy killed it. Like, killed it as like one of the top five fund managers of all time. Sure. And, and, you know, I have to laugh when people, the, I think the accredited investor thing is just, is, I think in some ways it's, it's helpful, but for the most part, I think it actually really limits people's investment opportunities. And this is a great example of like, there's, there's sites or services that people are, are using in their everyday life that they would want to invest yep. in and support. And I think you guys are gonna be the ones that break through that and let the general public invest in lots of different companies. Plus, you guys allow them to get their diversification, which is actually the other big thing in investing. And if you're putting all your money in one republic or any other kind of any kind of investment, like even just investing in the stock market in one company, that's usually dangerous. But with the amount of the dollar sizes that you guys at Republic let people invest with, they can get a lot of diversification and that actually mitigates quite a bit of risk. For sure. Well, let me give you some color too on the due diligence stuff. I definitely want to address that question. So yeah, it it does start with me, but it kind of starts with our network first as well. So we have a pretty vast network and a strong one in the ecosystem who is a primary source for companies that are referred to us. Um, 
and we'll you know, have that conversation, start our internal due diligence process right then, uh, whether that be like market analysis, competitive analysis, floating it across you know, someone else's desk that we know well who's you know, active in that industry, um, and come to some sort of comfort level or conclusion at our, our weekly deal team meetings, and basically our investor committee meetings. And after that uh, decision's been made, if it's a yes, this is something that we should you know, start to pursue, uh, we start, we have an external due diligence process. Uh, we've partnered with and hired a company that does external due diligence for us. So they actually then have a phone call uh, with the founder or the founding team, and they do uh, some serious digging. They come back to us with a full-fledged report that we again use at our deal team meeting um, uh, once a week, and we'll review that and decide if this is something that we, again, want to pursue. So we have multiple layers. Um, whether it be our network, our internal review, or our, or our external review. And the last thing is that while these, you know, if a company is moving forward, they are starting to onboard. Onboarding is due diligence also. You know, they have a regulatory filing that looks like a, a government-style business plan. There's a lot of information that they have to disclose. We do a lot of spot checks and, and additional checks. Things come up that weren't previously disclosed or known. Um, they, in addition to that, they have a financial review uh, it's being done most mo more times than not by a licensed CPA for the smaller raises. If they're only going to raise a certain like threshold, like less than one hundred seven thousand, they can self-certify. But we still do cross-check those, um, and the ones above one hundred seven thousand have to go to an independent, you know, licensed CPA. So I consider that to be continued due diligence. And then same thing when they're making their deal page, the one that you see on on, on Republic for any current or past issuer. Again, they're providing more information, and those are things that we do, you know, spot checks and cross checks on, et cetera. So due diligence really carries through until the very last day when the campaign goes live. And then, you know, just like any other you know, fair team or fair like investor investment platform, if something comes up during the actual campaign, it's going to be extracted, called out, it's going to be, you know, remedied or disclosed the proper way. So it's a, we're very serious about diligence. We're very serious about being compliant and uh, following the regulators' laws. It's it's unbelievable. I didn't know you hired an independent third party to do those diligence calls. That's fantastic. You no, know, it's the best way for us to scale, honestly. So it's um, yeah, that's the only thing they do. They do due diligence on private, you know, private companies. So, but all the private equity firms do that. I mean, that is a best practice in the private equity world. So that's that is very smart that you guys instituted that. That I mean, that's amazing. So yeah, I think there's no stone unturned for sure. And you know, one thing I always tell investors as well is, you know, read the deal page, read their regulatory filing. It's really, it's really no stone, no stone unturned. Everything's out there, and it's all been um, properly disclosed and disclaimed and you know written about. So it's just a matter of like how much do you want to read. But I, like I said before, these you know the the non-accredited world is actually reading, and they're doing due diligence. I totally agree. Let me ask you a, a fun question. Uh, is there one company you guys have done that really spoke to you personally? Like what's your, I, I think that light, the light phone is pretty awesome, but which, which ones have, have really touched you at a personal level? I have my compliance hat on and my, 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 my what is, if FINRA happened to listen to this hat? Like, so, um, no, to be honest, yeah, you know, and it's it's just like it's like life also. Like, there's a lot of ups and downs with these teams as we go through the process and we go through the campaign. But ultimately, at the end of the day, this is a long-term partnership, and we continue and I continue to have conversations about non-equity crowdfunding things, even to this day. Like for campaigns that closed a year ago, 
Um, we're serious about a community and that long-term partnership, and there'll be more things to do from that once we get a you know a larger crowd of say fifty or seventy-five or a hundred plus companies that have campaigned with Republic. But it, that's you know on the horizon too. That could be another future you know product angle for us as well because we do stay in touch with these individuals and they do stay in touch with us because there's always something that you know goes on in startup life that people want others to be involved in too. For sure. I have another kind of digression question, but you probably don't know this about me, but I started an internet nonprofit 10 years ago called Ben's Friends, and we do patient support communities for people with rare diseases. Yeah, I've seen it. And we've always, yeah, okay, yeah. So we've always done Indiegogo stuff. Have you guys ever, have you, have you investigated like the nonprofit world and how, I've heard of these kind of innovative structures where people can do like almost like a debt thing and repay the money back yeah. or is that anywhere on your guys' radar? It's, it's not so much. I mean, it's technically compliant. It's, it's allowed by regulators. We've done a lot of uh, research and discussions with our investor base and we feel like that bringing on an, a nonprofit, not-for-profit company would be a little confusing. Yeah, I can see that. I was just hoping, hoping against hope. <laughs> Well, this has been, Chuck, this has been amazing. Uh, maybe you can just kind of tell everyone where they can find Republic, how to reach out to you, both as an investor, but also if they have an interesting company, like how do they sure. refer that company over? Uh, definitely. So we're at republic.co, republic.co. If you would like to look or if you'd like to become an angel investor, you want to learn more about potential investments, they're all right there on our homepage, um, the currently you know, campaigning issuers. Um, you can also learn about the past campaigns by just going down a little bit further on the page. Uh, we'll be on Sony's Meet the Drapers starting November 19th. It's on the, the, the handle SET, Sony Entertainment Television, which is also on Comcast and um, Dish Network, so uh, a North American-based program. And for those who want to apply or refer, um, you can also do that on republic.co. Uh, there's also republic.co slash startups slash intro um, right there that page that one page slash startup slash intro is going to have everything under the sun that you'd want to know about you know what it takes to run a campaign what it's going to be to, to run a campaign etc and you can apply on that page as well awesome chuck amazing to have you on the podcast i'm a huge believer in what you guys do um, congratulations on on the success today but i know it's just a start and uh, i can't wait to see those next 50 come out that's going to be so exciting <laughs> it's it's going to be exciting and busy. Thank you, Scott. By then, you're going to be like uh, some gray hair and talking about the next hundred. And you'll be, you're always one step ahead, which is awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate having, having me on today. It's awesome. Yes, thank you, Chuck. Really appreciate it. All right, Chuck Padid from Republic. Thank you, Chuck. And uh, you can find Chuck and the rest of the team at Republic at republic.co. It is an awesome company. And please check it out. And please tell your friends. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.